to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithRoy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hey there, and welcome to the show. Yes, I am Roy Biancalana, and this is the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. And I have a very special episode and topic for you today, very special for a number of reasons, which I'll get into. But here is the, the title of this podcast. I call it New Beginnings, Where to Go, How to Approach, and what to say to create a healthy connection. So I'm going to spend this entire podcast talking about the beginning part of a relationship, how to get it started, you know, the how to meet someone, the all that stuff. I mean, a lot of my work, if you're familiar with me, is about working on you before we talk about where to go and what to say and how to approach. I feel that it's very common for people to put the cart before the horse. And when they want to attract lasting love, they jump all the way to, well, how do I meet someone? Where do I go? What do I say? How do I create a new beginning? How do I create a connection? And they skip over what I think is the most important parts is the preparation and getting yourself what I call in relationship shape so that when you do meet someone, the relationship can actually last. Okay. But today I'm going to sort of ignore all that and I'm going to go ahead and function like a dating coach today, right? I call myself a relationship coach um, because I help people create relationship first with themselves, which is the most important relationship because the way you relate to yourself really determines the quality of every other relationship you have in your life. A dating coach typically talks about, you know, where to go, how to approach, what to say, how to create a connection. So I'll put that hat on today because it is an important topic. I don't think it's nearly as important as getting yourself in shape so that when you meet someone, the relationship can actually grow and go someplace and last. But today, I want to go ahead and have that conversation. And in the title, you have basically the outline of what I want to talk about today. I'm going to talk about three basic things. Where to go. I want to talk about how to approach or be approached. And I want to talk about what to say in order to create a healthy, conscious connection. Okay, so let's just jump right in and talk about where to go. And I've got like four principles here to discuss. And the first one is in alignment with what I just basically said. Here's the first principle about where to go. The principle is wherever you go, there you are. Okay, 
That's an old Zen saying, a Zen koan, you could say. Wherever you go, there you are. And what that means is that wherever you go, whatever barriers or blockages or baggage or limiting beliefs or unconscious commitments or fears that you have, you're bringing that stuff with you. And that's why I spend so much time as a relationship coach working on helping you let go of that stuff so that when you meet someone, you're able to create something really healthy and meaningful. Remember, if there is a quote that defines what I am all about, it's that quote from Rumi, 13th century mystic poet, who said, you know, your task is not to seek for love, but instead to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. So in alignment with that, the first principle on where to go is it's, it's really not about where you should go. It's about how you go. It's about the condition of your soul. It's about the openness of your heart. It's about your ability to trust and be present and to not relate from your past pain and your past baggage, but to meet and connect with someone in this present moment without having your past create walls around your heart or have it create projections and assumptions to meet this present moment with an unguarded, unprotected, vulnerable presence, right? And some of us have been through some awfully painful things in our love lives, and that's difficult to let go of that stuff. So the first principle is, wherever you go, there you are. And so I liken it to this example, and if you've heard some other podcasts, you know I've gone into this, I've used this sort of illustration or metaphor, um, but I'll just allude to it now. Uh, Just imagine that you're standing on the starting line of a triathlon, right? You're right there on the starting line on the edge of the water with a bunch of other people and you're about to jump in there and swim for two and a half miles and then you're going to get out of the water and run a and get get on a bike and ride for 112 miles and then get off the bike and do a marathon back to back to back all in the same day okay now in a triathlon even though I've never run a triathlon and I never plan to I do know people who have there's a lot of strategy uh, during the race you know there's there's you want to avoid getting drowned in the water in the beginning there's some strategy on you know how to transition out of the water to the bike. And there's some strategy, you know, during the bike part portion or the running portion about how much to eat, when to eat, because it it can take you anywhere from say seven or eight hours to 17 hours to finish this thing. So you have to go to the bathroom, you have to eat, you have to drink. And so there's a lot of strategy during race day. Okay. But, As important as that is, 
it's not nearly as important as your fitness regimen getting yourself ready for the race. Do you follow me? Like you can have the best race day strategy in the whole world, but if you're 50 pounds overweight, you ain't going to do very well. In fact, you won't finish the race. You'll probably go a half a mile in the water and drown. (laughs) Okay. So it's way more important to, you know, to, to, to do your fitness, to be in shape for the race than it is to be talking about strategy. And that's, the point here that I'm trying to make about the first principle, wherever you go, there you are. Meaning when you're going to go someplace and you're going to talk about a new beginning, you know, meeting someone, creating a connection, what do I say? Where do I go? How do I approach? That's like you're talking about being on the starting line of a relationship, right? And there is some strategy that we're going to talk about. And, and that is important But if you come to that relationship starting line out of shape, um, then it doesn't matter how good your strategy is. This new relationship that you're going to start is not going to last. It's not going to go anywhere. It certainly won't turn into a healthy, intimate, connected, wonderful relationship. Right? So that's the first principle (laughs) is it's not where you go. It's how you go. And because wherever you go, there you are. So to be more concerned with you than with where you go is the smart thing to do. All right? Now, since I harp on that in everything else I do as a relationship coach and in this podcast and in my books and everything, um, I'll leave it there. And let me jump into the second principle about where to go. And that is, to focus on your energy, not your strategy. Okay? So I am going to talk a little bit about strategy, but I also want to emphasize to you that strategy is not as important as your inner energy or the the attitude that you bring when you're going to go somewhere. The condition of your heart, the... <clears throat> the manifestation of your, I don't know, your aura, your energy, your attitude, your your openness, your, yeah, your, your personality, you know, just, just, just your way, your mood, you know, I don't know how many different words I can say for it. So it's, it's, it's more that you, you focus more on that stuff than it is about the strategy or technique or something like that. So when we talk about energy, what we're getting into is a little bit of this masculine feminine dynamic, right? And again, I will do podcasts on this topic exclusively because it's such an important thing. And it's, it's such a, there's so many layers to it, right? But the basics are that we all have masculine feminine, but most of us are more comfortable with one than the other. Okay. And without getting too deep into it, the, the masculine energy is really, it's felt as presence, right? The masculine gift is to be present, to create a space of connectivity and availability 
to to be undistracted, to be emotionally and physically available and present. I guess there's no better way to say it. So wherever you go, if, if you are more aligned with the masculine, then you really need to be focusing on how is your presence being felt? And presence is felt as trustworthiness. Okay? When a man is present to the feminine, he feels trustworthy. He feels trustable. That doesn't mean anything about sexual fidelity. I mean, that's a part of it. But it's a it's the way you live your life. It's the, 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 the way you look at a woman. It's the way you are with her when you go someplace and you talk to someone. So let me just talk a little bit about the people who feel like they are more masculine in their inner energy. Okay? So presence shows up in three ways. And this is what I want you to be checking with yourself now. If you have masculine energy, I, before we get into the strategy thing, I want you to be thinking about how strong, how strong is my masculine display? You know, how strong is this masculine energy? Because I'm going to be bringing that wherever I go. Do you follow me? And whatever strategy I take, I'm bringing my masculine presence with me. So masculine presence basically comes down to what I call clarity of consciousness, strength of presence, and openness of heart. Now clarity of consciousness means how clear and on purpose are you living your life? Or is your life kind of a mess? Is your life all over the place? Or do you know who you are, why you're alive, what you're here to do, and do you have a plan and are you living a plan to get there? Right? So this is just about your understanding of who you are and why you're here on planet Earth and what you're trying to do with your life. What the feminine finds attractive in the masculine is the, is the masculine when it's on purpose, when it has a mission, when it, when it is doing something that is for more than itself. So when a masculine being feels like they have a purpose and they want to make a contribution, they're wanting to make a difference in some, in some way, and they have clarity about that, uh, and, they, and, and they're, they're living it, they're doing their best to achieve their goals and create the life and the purpose that they want, and they're on purpose. They have a plan. That's really sexy to a, a feminine person. So that's the first thing that makes your presence be very strong is if you have a deep sense of who you are. But if you, know, you, you hate your job and you don't have any sense of a purpose in your life and you're just kind of floating around, you know, there's that old line from the movie uh, Animal House. <laughs> it was something about Bluto or something. I forget who it was. The main character was going through life fat, fat, lazy, and stupid or something. You know, um, 
if your life isn't directed and on purpose and you're floating around and you, you hate your job and you know, then you're not as trustable to a feminine person. So it doesn't matter where you go. If you're, if you're bringing a lack of clarity about your life with you, if that's the nature of your life, then it's going to really sabotage your ability to make a healthy connection with a feminine person. Okay. And notice, I'm not saying men and women. I'm saying masculine people, feminine people. Because there are some women with masculine essence and there are some men with feminine essence. It's got nothing to do with gender. Yes, usually males have a masculine energy, but not always. And usually females have feminine energy as their primary leading force, but not always. So I'm just speaking to the energy. I'm not talking to genders now. Okay? So if you have more of a masculine essence, then what makes you desirable is your presence. And the first thing that presence is, is a clarity of consciousness. How clearly are you living your life? Or is it kind of off track and a mess? The second thing is it's called strength of presence. That is, how powerful is your attention? How, how present are you when you're interacting with a feminine person? I mean, do you make eye contact? Are you there or are you in your head preparing what you're going to say next? Or are you distracted? Are you, you know, looking around? And, you know, in, in other words, when a feminine person can feel that you're not all there, that you're not really 100% engaged with her in that moment, it's a huge turnoff. So a lot of times when I'm working with men, no one's ever taught them how to be present, how to be present in, you know, with their eyes and their head, how to be present from their heart, feeling from your heart into her heart, how to be present in your gut, meaning how to sense what it is a feminine person is wanting or what they're feeling, right? There are, a, there's a big discussion about presence that I'll have in some other podcast someday, if it's not already up and posted, about how to strengthen your presence and what that means, because it comes from the, the head, the heart, and the gut, okay? The third aspect of what makes your energy, you know, powerful as a masculine being is your openness of heart. This just means, do you have access to your emotions? Now, no now, no feminine person is ever going to expect you to be as emotionally available as they are, right? The feminine, that's, that's their thing. I mean, they're, they just come from the factory, you know, good at emotional feeling and expressing. So she isn't expecting or a feminine person isn't expecting a masculine person to really run with them in that realm, but they really find it sexy when you do have some access to your heart, when you can talk about what you feel, when you can share something you're afraid of, when you can be in touch with that part of your life. Because as a masculine being, if you're not in touch with your own heart, if you aren't open to your own feelings and you can't express them, you will never be able to hold presence 
for her or for your feminine partner when they are emoting or in a mood or feeling or wanting to share something about that with you. In other words, if you can't handle your own, you certainly can't handle your partner's. Okay? So that's what makes a masculine person attractive is presence. And presence being expressed as clarity of consciousness, strength of presence, and openness of heart. Now, in terms of focusing on your energy before your strategy, what about feminine people? Well, the, the word I use for the feminine attractiveness is radiance, shine. It's got nothing to do with physical beauty, nothing to do with, you know, the shape of your body. It's got nothing to do with the shape of your face. It has everything to do simply with that inner energy. That inner energy is either shining or it is diminished or dimmed or darkened. And when the feminine energy is is open, because radiance is openness. Remember we said that masculine presence is felt as trustworthiness. Right? When a man has clarity and strength of presence and openness of heart, he's trustable. Right? When a when a feminine person is radiant, that's felt as openness. So a feminine person can ask themselves, no matter where you're going, how open is your heart? How how much is your light shining through your body? Right? How open are you to displaying your radiance? Okay, now what does radiance really mean? When what does what does openness look like? In a, in a feminine person. Well, it looks like playfulness. Right? Now, all feminine creatures don't have the same personalities. So their playfulness is expressed a little bit differently. But when a, when a feminine person's energy is open and she's radiant, she's playful rather than real serious and stoic, right? And um, um, sort of locked down. There's a there's an openness in her body. There's a little bit of a wiggle in her hips. There's a little bit of a, a playfulness in her attitude. There's also a sensuality, right? When f- the feminine is open, there's, there's a body orientation. There's a sense, a sensuality, a senses. The feminine is so much about what they see and they touch and they smell and they feel and, and, and what they hear, right? So how sensual are you? I'm not referring to sexuality per se. I'm talking about how comfortable are you in your body? How much is the life force flowing in your body to where your body is like this kind of juicy, open, soft, supple, um, available thing? Like to masculine people, there's nothing sexier than a woman who's dancing, because there's a sensuality. She's in her body. She's moving. She's feeling, right? So when a woman or when a feminine person is really attractive, no matter where they're going, again, they're focused on their energy, not the strategy. Um, they're radiant and they appear as open and that's showing up as playfulness, sensualness, sensualness, 
vulnerability versus protected. Vulnerability is one of the sexiest things the feminine has. But again, if you've been hurting in the past and you know, you've, you've gone through some very challenging experiences in your life and in your relationships, being vulnerable is very difficult for many feminine people to do, but it really does block your radiance when you have a wall around your heart, when you're protected, when you're guarded, when you're suspicious, right? Those are not attractive qualities to masculine people. They're really attracted to vulnerability, to that openness, right? Another aspect of the divine feminine would be um, spontaneity versus controlling, this willingness to move. Like when you're dancing, a feminine person is spontaneously moving with the music and the way she moves changes if the music changes. She's just responding to the moment, right? Well, in the same way, when a feminine person's heart is open, she's just spontaneously responding to the moment. She might respond with anger if she sees something where someone is hurting another person. The feminine person might respond with great love if they see a little puppy or something, right? But there's just this spontaneity of I'm in life, that the feminine person's in life moving with life like it's music and there's this flow and there's this responsiveness versus being very controlled and very like structured and in being in your head saying I have to respond this way and I have to act this way. Right, a feminine person is not really in their head. They're they're allowing their inner energy just simply to move them authentically in the moment. I can talk for days about that. Another aspect of feminine radiance is fierceness. The feminine is not soft. The feminine is not um, necessarily gentle. The feminine is a little bit like the ocean. The ocean can be serene and beautiful and and soft and calm, but it can also be quite stormy and very dangerous, right? So the feminine is a powerful energy that can be calm and can be fierce. And so a really healthy, conscious feminine creature is both vulnerable and fierce. They... They can and they will set boundaries. They can and they will kick ass if love is not being served. But at the same time, there's a vulnerability. So if it sounds like the feminine is more complicated than the masculine, (laughs) it is. And that's the beauty of the feminine. There's more facets to it than there is the masculine. All right, so that's a little picture a little picture that I want to encourage you to say, can wherever you go, um, it doesn't matter where you go, it matters how you go. And so, so you should be focusing more on your energy and thinking about yourself. If you're a masculine person, how, how strong is your presence? How clear is your consciousness? How open is your heart? And if you're a feminine person, no matter where you go, you ought to be talking to yourself about How bright is my shine? How open am I? How playful, sensual, vulnerable, spontaneous, and fierce am I? What, right? And what you're going to find is you're like everybody else. 
is you have a variety of things blocking that in your life, whether you're a masculine person or a feminine person. There are things that block your presence. There are things that dim your radiance. And your job, if you really want to connect with someone and create something beautiful and attract lasting love, your work is to get rid of that stuff. As Rumi said, seek instead to find the barriers within yourself that you've built against love. Right? That's what we're talking about, is removing these things that diminish your presence or diminish your radiance. That's what I do as a coach, by the way. And if you ever want to talk about that, I'm easy to be found on my website to have conversation about working on those aspects of your life. Okay, now, let's go to principle number three. We're still talking about where to go. And now we get into some some nitty-gritty, okay? This principle is, I suggest you choose the personal over the digital, okay? Choose personal ways of meeting people, like in person, face-to-face, rather than the digital. I'm not saying you shouldn't do digital, but I'm saying I want to suggest to you to be thinking more in terms of how to meet people personally. Now, here's the reason I say that. Um, there, there are two parts of, an initi- of a relationship if it's going to work. There's a chemistry and a compatibility, right? If you want to make it very simple, you got to have a little juice, a little chemistry, and, and you have to have some compatibility if you want the relationship to last, right? Now, if you only have chemistry, you're going to have great sex. But without compatibility, you're not going to be able to live a life together, Okay. And if you have compatibility without chemistry, you're going to end up in a friendship. Does that make sense? So you need both. When you have chemistry and compatibility, you have intimacy. Okay? Now, I personally believe that it's probably best to to discover your chemistry first. And once that happens... Then you begin to date each other and you explore whether you're compatible or not. Okay? Now, when you meet people personally, that's what happens. Whether you see them in a, in a grocery store or the post office or at a bar, you're seeing them. You're feeling their energy immediately and you know chemistry. You pretty much know if you have chemistry, maybe even before you even talk to each other. It, that's, it, it's just a spark. It's just a yeah, baby. Okay. And once that's there, okay, now we, now we know we want to tear each other's clothes off. (laughs) And of course you may or may not do that on the first date. I usually suggest you don't. Um, but once that's there, well, now you, you begin to go out together. You begin to spend time together, talk to each other. And what are you doing? You're exploring whether you have anything other than that. Because you need more than chemistry to make a relationship work over time, right? And when you meet people in person, it happens chemistry first and then you do compatibility. The problem with the online thing is you can really develop a lot of compatibility. You can get to know a person a lot. You can talk a lot on the phone. You can text. You can email. Even if you're doing some FaceTime or Zoom or something, you know, you can find out whether you have a lot in common, whether you're sort of on the same page, you're in the same life phase before you ever meet each other. 
so I, I've just seen many people get hurt by spending a lot of time meeting people online through digital means and getting very excited about a person and about a relationship. And then I find out, oh no, I've never met them yet. Well, they live in that state over there and we've just been FaceTiming and talking and we just have so much in common and and, and I get a little worried because I've heard too many stories of people meeting in these online digital ways and they're really connecting, they're really hitting it off and then they get together and they're like, there's no spark. Like, yes, you're attractive. Yes, I think you're cute or you're beautiful or you're handsome. But there's no spark. Whatever it is, isn't. And and so then you've wasted a lot of time and energy because you really can't go forward. I mean, if you if you don't have a sense that you want to tear that person's clothes off, then what are you doing? I, I mean, chemistry and sex is not everything. But if you don't have that for that person, especially at the beginning, um, why would you settle for that? Why not find someone that you can be compatible with and have chemistry? But if you go the digital route, you can sometimes establish compatibility before you even meet the person. And then you're, you're broken hearted. Like, oh, we spent so much time together. We, we, I texted my brains out with this person and we, we talked and now I'm meeting and nothing, right? So I just suggest you focus on doing personal things where you can meet somebody and within five minutes, you know, if you want to see them again or not and find out if you're compatible. And there is a little bit of a heartbreak when there's a lot of chemistry with someone and you do find out that their life is headed in a direction that you don't want yours to go in or that they're in a life phase, you know, a lot of chemistry, but they want to have babies and you're like, Oh, been there, done that. I don't want any more kids. I don't want to do that. Oh, so now there's a fundamental issue with compatibility and, and that's painful. Okay. Um, but I just suggest focus on the personal rather than the digital. So what do I mean? I think speed dating is an amazing thing to do. You can go to one speed dating uh, event per month and meet like 12 or 15 people for like 35 bucks. <laughs> Come on now. Once a month, you're going to meet 12 brand new people who are there because they do want to meet someone too. So there's no confusion. They're not married or, and I mean, you go to a bar and you know, you don't know what you're going to meet. You don't know what's happening. At least at a speed dating event, the people there are single and they're at least interested in a relationship. Maybe not the monogamous committed kind necessarily, though most of the time they are. So you still have to find out what kind of relationship they want. But once a month to meet 12 to 15 available people for 35 bucks. Okay. That, that to me is a no brainer and I've done it. It's kind of fun. I actually used to run speed dating events for a while. There's something called lock and key events. You know, they're big events, lots of people in them. You know, the guys have a key and they walk around and try to open the girl's lock. You know, she has a little lock that she has around her neck and, and the guy's got a key and they walk around from person to person trying to see who's, who's key opens what lock because then you win prizes together. But it's a, 
it's a conversation starter. It's a, a way to meet people. Well, let me see if my key opens your lock. And, oh, it does. We win a prize. What's your name? My name's Roy. You know, and so it's kind of a fun thing, but it is in person. I suggest social or business events. I suggest meetup groups. I mean, there's meetup groups for just about everything. Now, they've all been shut down with the pandemic. But since I'm recording this in like April of 2021, we're kind of getting ready to get back to a normal kind of life because there's a vaccine now and millions of, of people are getting it every day, right? So these social business events and meetup groups, church groups, um, that kind of stuff is going to start exploding. And I suggest you you do those and you're probably wanting to get out of the house anyway <laughs> right now. All right. So that's principle number three. So to review, principle number one is wherever you go, there you are. Principle number two, focus on your energy rather than your strategy. Principle number three is strategy. Focus on personal strategies rather than digital strategies. Principle number four, and the last one for this, this particular topic about where to go, is look for love as you're living your life. Don't live your life looking for love. Let me say that again. Just look for love as you're living your life. What does that mean? That means I'm going to do things I like to do. Go places I like to go. Do hobbies. Pursue my interests. Whether I like golf or yoga or concerts or I don't know what. I'm going to look for love as I'm just living my life. Versus doing what I did back when I was in a really unhealthy place. I write about this in my first book. It's called The Drink With Legs. It's about relationship addiction, love addiction. It's about the you complete me mindset. It's about, oh, I need a relationship. I'm lonely. I'm empty. I got to find someone. And my life at that point was I was living my life looking for love. Meaning Everywhere I went and everything I did, the number one question was, will that activity or that place be something where I might meet someone that I want to meet? So I would choose a restaurant if I wanted to go eat something. I would choose that based upon, well, are are some good looking single women like to be there? It wasn't. What do I want to eat? Or what restaurant do I enjoy going to? I I could hate the food and hate the restaurant, but if if I knew or I heard there's lots of good-looking single women that hang around there and hang out at the bar, then I would go there. So I was living my life looking for love. Any activity I did, anywhere I went, it was not about that. It was not about what I wanted. It was I. how likely am I to meet someone there? So that what that what that revealed now is when I went to those places I went there with this obsession right I went there with this purpose I went there with a neediness loneliness was living my life and directing what I did and who I interacted with and where I went and what activities I did and so that energy was is what I was bringing and that's an unattractive energy. I was 
living my life looking for love. So the last principle on where to go is I'm just inviting you to notice if you do that, to do some inner work to where you let go of the obsession, the neediness, where you let go of the you complete me mindset, where you let go of thinking if you meet some wonderful person, they're going to fill a void in you or you know, fix a problem or finish a story. They're, they're not. They, you know, life source, life partners create, uh, no, life partners are lousy life sources, right? The more you begin to really see that and get that, um, the more it'll get you out of the mindset of I'm living my life looking for love. I'm on the prowl. I'm always looking and, and wherever I go and whatever I do. Rather, the, the better approach that stems from doing your work on letting go of the neediness and the loneliness and all the stuff I do with my clients and my group programs and all the stuff in my books and podcasts are helping you get out of that. You then look for love as you're living your life. You follow me? So you live your life, you go to meetup groups that you're actually interested in the subject of the meetup group rather than, oh, I hear there's a bunch of, you know, single women there or single men there. Do you follow me? Um, If I go to church, I'm going to a church because I want to be at the church. I enjoy what the church is about rather than do they have a good singles program? Follow me? So this is how I met my wife. See, for years before that, everything I did, everywhere I went was all about, is she going to be there? Is a woman going to be there? I don't, I don't care if I, I don't, I don't like yoga, but man, there's a lot of women at yoga. So I'm going to go do yoga, right? That's an energy that gets picked up. <laughs> okay. So when I did some work and I worked with a coach for a couple of years and because I was such a mess and you know, I was so lonely and, and so needing a relationship to make me feel like a man, to, to fill the void and make me feel masculine and so forth. I, I talk about this in other places. Um, I got out of that and I met my wife when I wasn't, I went to an event without wanting to meet someone. I, I, I went to a personal growth conference because I knew the speaker. Well, I knew the speaker's husband and I never met her. And I know I, I knew that she was going to talk about conscious living and stuff that I'm interested in, in personal growth. And I had never met her, so I I just went to this weekend workshop that was in my my hometown here near Chicago. And you know, did it cross my mind that there might be women there? Yeah, but that's not why I went. I didn't care if I met anyone because I was getting beyond that. I need a relationship, and I was now looking for love, maybe, but I was living my life doing things that I wanted to do. I didn't care if I met a woman at this conference or not. I wanted to go because I wanted to learn and I knew the I knew the speaker. When I got there, I talked to the speaker and we introduced ourselves. She knew of me. We had never met. And then when the event was getting ready to start, I just was standing on the stage talking to the speaker and I turned around and just looked over the room and said, I don't know, who's the best looking girl in the room? <laughs> and I went and just sat down next to her. And that's how I met my wife. But my point is, I wasn't there on the prowl. I didn't go there because there might be a woman there. I went there because I wanted to go for my own growth. 
So I was in a different attitude. You follow me? I wasn't needy. I wasn't desperate. I wasn't, you know, on the prowl. I wasn't, you know, seeking. I was just being. I was just living my life. And lo and behold, there she was sitting next to me and we started flirting together and then the rest is history, basically. Okay? So that is about where to go. The principles are wherever you go, there you are. So think more about you than where. Uh, Focus on your energy, not your strategy. Choose personal over digital and look for love as you're living your life rather than living your life looking for love. All right. Now, let's talk about the approach. How do I approach? Okay. We won't spend as much time on this because now we're only not talking about what you're going to say. We're just talking about, okay, you're, you're, you're at a, a meetup group or you're at yoga or you know, you're at church or you're at a bar. Okay. How do I, how do I approach? Well, the first thing is to remind you to be, to, are you fit to be approached or are you fit to approach? Meaning how open or closed is your heart? How vulnerable or guarded are you? How present or self-conscious are, are you? So are you emotionally available? Okay. Are, are, are you, is your, is your heart truly there to connect? Okay. So that's just the first principle. We've already talked a little bit about that. The second principle on the approach is that there really are no rules. Okay. I mean, this whole masculine feminine thing gets misused as if a feminine person can't initiate a conversation or can't buy a guy a drink or a masculine person a drink or um, can't even some people don't even some feminine people don't even like online to reach out to someone they find attractive. Oh no, I can't initiate. I want the man to pursue me. I want to, I want to be chased. And I'm like, wow, what is that about? I want to be chased. Um, so there are no rules about who goes first and who initiates. You just simply, here's the principle. You follow your heart. You're present in the moment and you're simply responding to the moment. So if you're in a situation and you see someone and you find them attractive, then you might even recognize that this might be my only chance to meet this person. And you might also recognize I don't want to wait and hope that they see me and they approach me. You can actually take responsibility for your love life and for meeting people and approaching them in any way that your personality allows. Some people can are, have good senses of humor. Some people, have, there's all kinds of ways to approach. And we'll get into what you say in a minute. But I always tell people like, you might be in a grocery store or you might be working out. Or something, and you you might be at Starbucks, and you see someone, and one, you don't know if they're single or married. You don't know. 
they might be wearing a ring, but not not everybody who's married wears rings necessarily, especially if they're working out or something like that. So you see someone just in the course of your day, and like, wow, that person's attractive. Um, go over there. And, and, and again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you could just say something like, excuse me, I, this might be awkward. Um, it's not the time or place, maybe, but I just thought you were really handsome and I wanted to say hello. My name is Susie. Or the other way around. Listen, I, I know you're working out and I, I know it's so... Guys are always hitting on girls at the gym. Um, so forgive me for doing something that is so possibly creepy. But you look like a person that I would like to get to know. And my name is Roy, right? So you can be in the moment. You can feel the moment. And and you can do the approach and not be locked into, oh, I'm a feminine person, so I never initiate. And I never hit on someone. And I never pursue. I just think that's garbage. I, I, and furthermore, as a masculine person, I've had a time or two where women have done that. I've loved that. I mean, that. I don't think that they're going to be the ones who wear the pants in the relationship because of that. <laughs> I don't feel emasculated because they've bought me a drink or they started the conversation. That's the sexiest thing in the world to know that, ooh, you find me attractive. It's great. So I just wanted to say there's no rules here. Just free yourself up to be yourself, to be in the moment, and to respond to where you are and to what's happening and and to just go with that and and not, you know, the worst thing that could happen to you is that if, if you're out at an event and you're around a lot of people and you notice a couple different people that you would love to talk to and nothing happens because they didn't come initiate toward you. And who knows why? Maybe they were with their buddies or with their girlfriends. And uh, I mean, who knows why? But you saw a number of people that you found interesting and nothing happened because you were waiting on them to come to you. That would be horrible. Take charge of your life, you know? Take charge of them. If I see something I like, I'm going to go over there and say, ooh, I like you. <laughs> I'm going to say something, okay? So be yourself and all that kind of stuff, all right? So that's that's all I'll say about the approach thing. I mean, we could talk about dressing for success. and I mean, you ought to be dressed appropriately for wherever you are, obviously. I think sometimes guys need that more than women. Um, you should look in the mirror and see if you've got nose hair hanging out of your <laughs> your eyebrows need to be trimmed or something, um, whether you smell or, you know, something like that. Okay, but that's the most part is is forget about the rules. Take charge, take a risk, approach some someone and just but but do it in the flow of the moment. Okay? And lastly, what do you say? Okay? What do you say? This is more important. Maybe the most important part. What you say in the first 10 seconds of a relationship actually determines the type of relationship and where it's going to go. In other words, how you start this conversation is going to sort of put your train on a certain set of tracks. 
it's going to set up that this is the kind of relationship I want because of the way you're talking and what you're talking about and how you're doing it. Because in a sense, what you say initially is you're sort of displaying your game. Like, this is how I roll. This is how I play. This is the way I feel comfortable in a relationship. This is the way I'm going to relate. Believe it or not, in that first initial conversation, you are showing the person, this is kind of who I am. That may be hard for you to grasp, but the way you do it is showing your state of consciousness. It's also showing the kind of relationship that you want to be in. Okay? So you want to begin with the end in mind. That's the first principle about what to say. What kind of relationship do you want to end up in? And again, do you want to end up in a relationship where it's based on authenticity and um, honesty, transparency, vulnerability, um, right? I mean, do, do, do you want that that real trusting, open, connected, vulnerable, transparent, real, raw relationship? Is that what you want to end up in? Well, then start it that way. But if you want to be in a relationship that is going to be gamey, then you could start it with some cheesy pickup line. You could start it by being cocky and funny. You could start it by doing some sort of weird flirting kind of thing. Something that's not really authentic. You could try to be someone that you've been trained to be. You could get online and learn some strategies and some tactics. And you should act this way and say these kind of things. Whether or not they fit your personality, whether or not they're authentic for you, doesn't really matter. Put on, play the game. Put on the persona. Be this kind of dater. Be this kind of communicator. Do these kind of, in other words, you're, you're playing a role. Right? If, if you want to be in a, in a relationship that ends up where you're both playing roles and not being your authentic selves and you're, and you're just playing games with each other, well, then start the relationship that way. Because the people who want that kind of relationship will respond to you if you're going to try to play some role and use some cheesy pickup lines and do some weird kind of flirting. Okay? So you want to think about what kind of relationship do I want to be in? And if I want that real authentic kind, well, then start it that way. What does that mean? That means that whatever you say is not going to be prepared. It's not going to be planned. It's going to be spontaneous in the moment. It's going to be something authentic. And from your heart, it's going to be quite revelatory. It's going to be quite honest. It might even be something that is a little vulnerable. Like for instance, let's say you're in some place and you, and, and you find someone attractive and you're sort of feeling nervous. Like, ooh, I would like to meet that person. I'd like to walk over and say, hello, my name is Roy or hello, my name is Rosie. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of afraid of what they're going to say. I'm, I'm afraid of getting rejected. And just, uh, okay? 
Well, if you want to end up in an authentic relationship, you know what you do? You walk over there and you say, you know what? I have been debating for about the last 10 minutes and trying to work up the nerve to talk to you because you're really handsome or you're, you're really beautiful. And I wanted to meet you, but I was all scared and nervous and I just said, screw it. So hello, my name is Roy. That's honest. That is exactly what I was experiencing. I'm being authentic. I'm being real. I'm just showing this person exactly what was going on inside of me just moments ago. And I'm being quite vulnerable, aren't I? Because that person could make fun of you. That person could scoff at you. But there's a chance if that person wants to be in an authentic, real relationship and you just showed up and you said, this is how I roll. (laughs) This has not been planned. No one taught me how to do this. All I was doing when I was around someone that I wanted to meet is I was feeling into the moment, feeling into myself, feeling into the environment, and I was just responding. And I was saying what just was true in my heart, in my mind. I was just revealing. If they want to be in that kind of relationship, they are going to feel very attracted to what you did. Because you just said, that's how I roll. That's the game I'm playing. I'm going to play the game where I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you what I'm feeling, even if it embarrasses me. Even if I'm a little self-conscious. Whatever it might be, I'm just going to live out loud. I'm going to be real. So if you want to end up in that kind of relationship, you can't get in that kind of relationship and play some game at the beginning. And then at some point you decide, oh, let's stop playing the games now. Let's stop you know, manipulating each other with these things we've learned online and our little tactics and techniques and, you know, I'm coy and I play hard to get and you're, you're being cocky and funny and then sort of insulting me, hoping that it makes me kind of get responsive to you. Okay, we've been doing that now for a couple of weeks. Let's, let's switch from, from that unconscious nonsense and now let's be deep with each other. Let's be vulnerable. Let's really show our heart and show our real feelings. No, it doesn't work that way. The way you start it is the way it's going to go. So be very mindful of those first 10 seconds. And what you say is going to depend upon what kind of relationship that you want to be in. So this is all about speaking authentically. So therefore, I can't really tell you what to say. All I can tell you is tell the truth of this moment. Now, you might be somewhere where there's certain music playing. Or you might be somewhere where you you see a, a feminine creature in the way she's dressed or something about her hair, her highlights. Yeah, and, and you're like, wow, her hair is beautiful. Well, walk over there and say, wow, your hair is beautiful. I really love your highlights. I mean, my name's Roy. That's authentic. You're actually thinking that. Or you might notice her shoes. Or you might notice something about him physically. Um, Or there might be some music playing and say, like, this is my favorite song. You know, would you dance with me? Because I don't want to hear this song and not dance with someone. Right? So you're speaking from your heart. You're, You're saying something that's real. Right? So... So again, 
I really can't tell you what to say. If I tell you what to say, I'm violating the whole principle of being in the moment and responding to it and saying whatever comes. Now, you might think, well, I'm shy or I'm not a very good communicator. I'm like, nonsense. You're just afraid of being rejected. And that's something that maybe we need to work on. People that fear rejection, they're shy, they lack self-confidence. Yeah, that, that's just fear. That's just your junk. We all have got some of that stuff. And I, a lot of times I work with clients to help them let go of all that. There's ways to work through the fear of rejection. There's ways of being less shy. I mean, no one's going to ask you to be some wild extrovert if you're an introvert. Okay, that, that's not what it's about. It's not, you're not going to change your personality. But you can become less self-conscious. You can improve your self-confidence. You can become less shy. You can learn in ways to communicate even if you're not a highly verbal person like, like I am, okay? So, but that's what I work with my clients on. We, we can let go of that stuff so that you're able to be spontaneous in the moment and not miss out on, on meeting someone because you're too afraid of getting rejected or you're too shy or I don't know what to say. There's ways of working through that and that's what I do as a coach. But just imagine that you're in a Starbucks, in some random Starbucks, and in walks this person, and they're standing behind you in line. And you're like, ooh, wow. (laughs) You know, you're thinking to yourself, I might never, ever, ever see this person again the rest of my life. But there could be something here, because I find them attractive. Well, why don't you turn around and you say, you know what? I know this is weird. We're in line at Starbucks, but I don't know. I might never see you again. And I, I think you, you look interesting, you know, or something you could say, I just think you're beautiful or I just think you're handsome. And I just wanted to introduce myself and say, I'm Roy or I'm Susie, right? So you're authentically in the moment just saying, yeah, I might never bump into you again. So what the hell? I'm going to take a chance. And I just thought I'd introduce myself. How are you? You could even offer to buy their cup of coffee if you wanted to. You know I mean? It's just in the moment. What feels right, right? And I think we all have this in us, but what blocks it is those fears and all that kind of stuff that you just have to let go of, okay? So there you go. There is the conscious approach to a new beginning. There's the conscious approach about where to go, how to approach, and what to say to create a healthy connection. And I hope this has been helpful. I hope it stirs up in you that you need to maybe work on some things in your life so that you're able to interact in some of the ways that I just described. And I am right here ready and willing to help you in any way that I can so that you can attract lasting love. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.